0: and we're back with another episode of dhp i am not your host uh daniel Schreiner. i'm a guest this time pk's hosting in fact pk should have recorded this little intro piece, but uh, I'll just continue. So the topic is headship and submission in a marriage. And uh, you, you guys are lucky because Ashley Schreiner, my wife, is on this podcast as well as a guest. We have a conversation. PK asks us questions. Ashley just recently spoke on submission and uh, rules in marriage to the women, as well as Todd Miles spoke to the women about this. It's been something we've been talking about lately, okay? So we thought it'd be helpful uh, while it's fresh on our minds for Ashley and I to have a conversation with PK about this. Hope you find it helpful.
1: guess who's back back again <laughs> <laughs> this is pk back at the disciple hinson podcast but i am the host are you going to take this over during my sabbatical uh, take this po- podcast into m- new vistas maybe we'll see but we're in the twilight zone on the third floor and i am going to be the host for we have dan and ashley schreiner Woo! this is where you press the button here and we have a very important topic, uh, particularly on marriage. Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> no, we value marriage yeah, here. Yeah, we, we, we value marriage here. So much so that you're getting married in how many days? In 60-some days from when this is recorded. Yes. In July 30th is the intended day. Uh, and one of the things in marriage that we talk about is submission and headship. Two very loaded words. So, with that, I wanted to start off with you guys, and how long have you guys been married?
2: 14 years, as of two days ago.
0: Uh, yes, May 25th is our anniversary.
1: Oh, oh, congratulations. We are, we, you just guys had your anniversary. Yes, we well, did. Welcome back from your trip from California as well.
0: We were in your uh, kind of old stomping grounds, San Francisco. Yep,
1: the good we, old we, Bay Area. Went to right uh,
0: San Francisco Giants oh, game. Very fun. We uh, showed up in the second inning. Because uh, we couldn't find parking, and it was already nine to nothing um, by the time we sat down in our seats, and then the Giants didn't score again. <laughs> <laughs> so. I, I'm sure that was the highlight of. Do you the want trip. to talk more about the game? Because I can tell <laughs> we, you, we
1: we could we could also talk about the Warriors, but that's for a different podcast. Okay. So speaking of marriage, Dan, can you give us a biblical understanding of headship in marriage? Ephesians five talks about this. So w- what does that mean according to God's word?
0: I'm really glad you said a biblical understanding rather than a, a biblical definition. Definitions scare me. Um, well, I think that the t- two main places I think to go to first in understanding what headship looks like in a marriage is Ephesians 5, um, when we see how uh, marriage is to picture Christ's relationship with the church and the specific responsibilities for for the man to, to die to self, um, to... To die for the sake of his bride, just as Christ did for the church. Uh, and then I also think of 1 Peter 3 of living with his wife in an understanding way. That was kind of the passage that was the jumping off point for Ashley in her talk to the women, to the ladies of Henson recently when she spoke about submission in the home and in the church, or particularly in the home, right? That was more your, the direction you went. That's right, in marriage. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, so headship is we are to, to the the responsibility that the I think the Lord has given husbands is you use the authority God has given you to die to self, to die to self in order to serve your wife. You can refer to Michael's sermon mm-hmm. just from last week on when he talked about biblical manhood. Um, we are to cultivate uh flourishing in our home and particularly uh help our wives flir- flourish spiritually mm-hmm. uh you can go back all the way to genesis 2 i think actually that would be a better foundation to mm-hmm. begin with and is to work and to watch over yeah. um and and we want to we want to be a blessing to our homes like uh, leave it better than when than how we found it in other words speaking to the home yeah ashley any, i don't know if you would add anything or pk if you would add anything to that there's so much that anything
2: about headship yeah
1: about headship in particular
2: yeah i mean in my talk i did speak on both headship and submission even though it was just to the women because i feel like you have to understand both of those things in a biblical way in order to kind of get what submission is um but and i was what i was trying to do in the talk was give some definition to uh to headship and submission so i was curious why you say definitions scare you
0: yeah, because it's just got to be precise. You can't just ramble, ramble like I just did. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> be like, biblical uh, headship is yeah. It's so it's so more defined.
2: Right, and and what I was trying to do was give shape to it. You uh-huh. know, not and because I think you're right. I think it is difficult. To... So,
0: so how did mm-hmm. how would you define it?
2: Well, so the way I defined it was a humble headship is a humble Christ-like headship or leadership mm. in the home.
1: I need that definition. What she said. Yeah. (laughs) What What Ashley said. Um, So, so Ashley, you did talk in the woman's Bible study on submission. And so tell us what was kind of your main idea, your main argument for that talk on the word submission. So what's the biblical Mm -hmm. understanding of submission?
2: Yeah. So I, I talked about in that it, it's a gutsy Christ like submission. So that would be as opposed to what we can sometimes think of submission or maybe where the way our culture, warp submission into thinking that it's like it's a doormat like my opinions Mm -hmm. don't matter my thoughts don't matter uh, i'm just basically a slave to go along with whatever my husband says and that's actually not it at all submission uh, actually takes i think a lot of guts Mm -hmm. it takes a lot of guts because you uh in order to submit well you are having to entrust yourself to a wonderful and good but unseen God, and you have to entrust yourself to a wonderful. Um, by God's by God's kindness, I have a wonderful, but a, uh, a husband who's a sinner, mm-hmm. uh, and that takes it takes a lot of guts to uh, entrust yourself to that. I think submission also requires guts because, and maybe we'll get into this a little bit more, but as we see in 1 Peter 3, which I talked about a lot in my talk, uh, you know, we are called not to fear. Uh, And so in submission, we are uh, fearing God, not our husbands. We are fearing God to submit To our husbands in order to show the beauty of god's design for marriage and in order to see our husbands and our families um, become more christ-like become more holy become more godly and those are things that require us to speak they require us to to love they require us to rebuke and say hard things uh, in order for the benefit and the godliness of the home
1: Mm, that's good. That's helpful. And so both those ideas, submission and headship, are biblical ideas here. We see that in Ephesians, Colossians 3, uh, 1 Peter 3. But Ashley, can you walk us through, you know, how does the gospel, How does Christ, and I like your definition because it includes Christ in there. So how does Christ's submission and the wife's role in submitting, how do they connect together and how, how would you encourage women to, to submit as unto the Lord?
2: Yeah, so I would first say, um, I mean, as I think about the gospel and I think about picturing the gospel through submission, I first wanna say that I think, as Michael talked about in the sermon a few weeks ago, I mean, it's first important to put out there that there is total equality before God in the husband and the wife, because I take on the position of the one who primarily submits to Dan's leadership, that doesn't make me any less valuable. And as a gospel uh, connection that I see so important is in Philippians 2, where we think about Jesus Christ um, and and Paul is encouraging Christians to take on the same attitude as that of Jesus Christ, who existing in the form of God did not count consider equality with God as something to be exploited, or as I uh, learned it in another version, as something to be grasped, right? He was, Jesus Christ was equal with God, but he didn't he didn't use that for his own, as Dan was saying before, as well as own advantage, or his own like desire, but instead he emptied himself by taking on the form of a servant, taking on the likeness of humanity. Uh, when he had come as a man, he humbled himself by being obedient to the point of death, even on the cross. And so Jesus Christ, though he was equal with God, he submitted fully to God's leadership Mm -hmm. and we have our salvation uh, to, you know, to thank. We have Jesus to thank for our salvation and that he had done that. Uh, And then in fact, uh, looking as far as the gospel Um, the gospel result is that God exalted him uh, and gave him the name that is above every name. And so as women, we look forward to our reward that when we submit to the good authority of our husbands, that we are imaging the submission of Jesus Christ to the father and he was exalted and as we will be too.
1: Yeah. So godly submission makes the gospel look beautiful. Um, That's right. So I appreciate that helpful framework, but, but actually like practically, how does that work? And if you have examples in your own marriage, um, you know, like when, when Dan's not leading well or loving you well, like how do you submit biblically practically? Like give us, give us, uh, some encouragement and help to the married woman. Should have lots of material right here.
2: (laughs) Well, no, I don't know about that because I don't think it's my job necessarily to decide whether or not Dan's leading well or to demand that he's leading well in the same way it's not necessarily his job to demand my submission. Uh, So to, I think to live, you know, in an understanding that we live with a sinner and that we love a sinner and we submit to a sinner, part of submission is finding and looking for ways and studying our husbands, looking for ways that they're serving us well, that they're leading us well. Um, And that still doesn't make submission easy all the time. Uh, i could think of a time when uh, actually dan and i had a it was more particularly my uh relational crisis in my life and dan's leadership at that time looked like we with this person that we had a, a conflict with he said we are always going to think the best of this person. We are always going to think like gracious thoughts about this person and we're going to entrust ourselves to God. And that was really hard. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that was really hard when I felt hurt, when I felt misunderstood. But, um, but I, you know, I sought to follow that leadership, even when my mind and my emotions were telling me to think otherwise, um, and the Lord really brought a lot of fruit from that. Um, so that was not an easy submission, but he was leading, I mean, he's leading well in that case. And I think in the times when our husbands maybe aren't leading well, I mean, I have, I, I can't think of any time when Dan has sought to lead me into sin, but I mean, certainly uh, there were times when he's been tempted to be passive uh, in leadership and in those times you know I pray for him I, uh, I seek to ask him questions that would encourage him um, to to take uh, a leadership role, maybe in discipleship of our kids, um, you know, m- more as a posture of like, I'm with you and I'm for you. And I, I want to see you grow in godliness as you lead our family. So what does it look like for me to help him? to do that rather than kind of coming down on him, nitpicking him, criticizing him, um, because as Dan has actually often told me, you know, no one, no one grows under that. Like, sure, we grow under godly rebuke. We grow under people pointing out sin in our lives, but no, nobody grows under, under someone who's against them, just picking at them. Mm-hmm.
0: Or a cul- just a culture of criticism. That's right. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there's a culture of godly criticism where you're speaking the truth in love, but I think the general common grace... Uh, like advice I've heard is for like every 10 encouragements, you know, there's, you know, maybe one critique, you know, so having a, a culture of encouragement, right, atmosphere of affirmation mm-hmm. in a marriage or really any relationship, I think is what's going to lead to uh, fostering that
1: kind of, that kind of marriage. Yeah, that's helpful. Um, actually any other practical helps in just how to submit as unto the Lord?
2: Hmm. I think, um, it can be easy to lose focus And to remember that like as Ephesians 5 reminds us that we submit to our husbands as to the Lord. So in a sense, um, if we just focus on the husband-wife horizontal relationship, that's not gonna give us the fuel and the nurturing that we need in order to submit well. So I think, I mean, part of it is just like the common grace things of submitting ourselves to God's leadership. You know, when our, our conscience pricks us, when the Holy Spirit is speaking to us, like obey that, Um, just be a disciple of Christ, be in discipleship relationships with others. Because as we, as we take on this attitude, as we're formed by God's word, we will like grow in these ways. We will grow in how we submit to our husbands. So I think I would just encourage women, if you want to grow in submitting to your husband, grow in submitting to God. And then as you're connected to that vine, the fruit will be born
1: yeah that's good um i'm gonna hit the clutch and switch gears here so dan you know first peter three talks about husbands oh, in the i thought you were gonna way. talk
0: about baseball again
1: oh no 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 we're, we're back in the bible first peter three husbands in the same way live with their wives in an understanding way as with with a weaker partner so help us think through what does that mean to understand uh your wife in an understanding way what does that mean uh, yeah, I mean, I think
0: uh, there's so there's so much what we could say about um, what that looks like. Um, I think it gets back to, actually, can I see your Bible for a second? You and Ashley came prepared with Bibles, but not me. Um, of course, Pastor Dan. <laughs> yeah, right. So, uh, I mean, it's I think. It's all
2: in his head. Yeah, it's all <laughs> in his heart. Yeah, it's yeah. in his heart.
0: <laughs> you know, I think understanding is getting maybe the more general term from Ephesians 5, which I didn't. Uh, you can hear the weed whacker there in the in the background, um, but is to love your wife. Uh, so I think understanding is maybe a, a more specific way of, of the way we love. You know, it says in Ephesians 5, uh, 28, in the same way that husbands are to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. Um, so, uh, you know, I think, I think understanding, loving my wife, what does that look like? It means, uh, knowing her, knowing the ways that she feels loved, knowing biblically what it means to love. Mm. Um, so it's not just her feelings, but it, it certainly is that knowing the ways that uh, she, she feels, um, heard, uh, encouraged, known, um, studying her, uh, asking her thoughtful questions, knowing ways that she is built up in the Lord, um, so, you know, recently, you know, I th- we, we got some time away for our anniversary and you know, I wanted to know like what helps her just as she was speaking to, um, how can I lead her better in, in being connected to the vine? Being connected to Jesus. What are ways that I can foster that relationship that is eternal? Our our marriage is is momentary, you know, as mm-hmm. as Piper says in his book. Um, but her her relationship with the vine is eternal. So what can I do to play a role of encouraging her with Christ? And she just said, you know, it it is helpful when we get up together in the mornings, and we we are able to pray with one another, um, and we have that kind of mutual accountability. If it's not like we're we're actually we're not. Uh, Um, like, reading out loud to each other, like, in terms of the word the the entire time, but kind of having that time in the mornings. um, A way that uh, I've had to learn and continue to learn of understanding and loving my wife is not using um, humor uh, to, like, uh, make her the butt of the joke or something. Mm -hmm. Or to to cut—even if I'm um, just—my intention is to be playful or just funny, you know, to get a laugh— um, I have to be careful about that, and I know I, to know her what what kind of humor is going to encourage her, um, and knowing the season of life or the part the time of day and what she, what her day has been like, and uh, so there's there's so many other things I could say, but those are a few of the things mm-hmm. that come to mind.
1: Yeah, so I mean a lot of a lot of what you're saying, Dan, is um, it takes work to to ask good questions. It takes work to uh, not only know. Uh, Ashley, um, but know yourself and your tendencies as well. Um, and what are, what's the kind of gospel framework to help encourage you to think in those ways?
0: Yeah. I mean, again, there would be a lot of repeat from, from what Ashley said, but I think, you know, particularly
1: with the, uh, yeah. Understanding, uh, her. Yeah. How does the gospel inform that?
0: yeah again I would bring this back to love right if if understanding is a is a part of what it means to love um, we know that God who is rich in mercy because of his great love that he had for us you know that he, he went to the to the cross he made us alive with Christ even though we were dead in trespasses um, so much of of you know what we see in Ephesians before we get to Ephesians 5 is how is how we are to be rooted and firmly established in christ's love and to the goal of knowing the depths of god's love for us in christ and that love that surpasses surpasses all knowledge um and it's only then are we instructed as husbands now that you kind of know what love is in christ in the gospel you are to love your wives and i think a part of that is the you know jesus's understanding of our of our condition um and he he knows us he he knows he knows what we need most um and so he he became you know the incarnation and the, the passion of Christ and his constant intercession his hard work mm. for his bride i mean jesus works hard for his bride he's working hard for his bride right now and uh, i think that's a that's a framework that we should have as husbands um that this is that this is our mission um you know, this is this is one of the most important things that we're called to. I mean, as a husband, the most important thing that we're called to is that we're not to love in our own strength our wives or understand them in our own strength, because we're pretty we're pretty pathetic in that. Um, and I don't know if we'll talk about the challenges about that in particular, but I think that's uh, the the gospel is it becomes the the foundation, the fountain, the framework upon which we we know what it means to to understand our wives. Ashley, anything that you would add to that or PK?
2: I would just say that I think often when the world pushes so much against this idea of headship, it's because they don't understand what love is and they don't understand what like true leadership is. Because anybody who really understands biblical headship the way that Dan is talking about it, well, I don't think they're gonna get all excited about like signing up for that. I mean, of course, like we we do we should be excited about marriage and loving one another. But you know, you get this like I think you know men can sometimes get the idea, oh well, well being a Leader means I get to choose what I want to do, and being a leader means I make the decisions. And it's like, well, yes, there's a decisional aspect, but I think it, that should sober us if we're doing it under the authority of God and in a Christ like way. Because, like Dan said at the very beginning, well, how did Christ love and lead us? He did it by dying, you know, so that it's a sobering thing, mm-hmm. and um, I think that. That it's a lovely thing, but it's a weighty thing.
1: Yeah, that's so good. Um, I just wanted to uh, double click on kind of the challenges of, uh, yeah, living living with your wife in an understanding way. Uh, what what are some roadblocks to that? Obstacles. My sin. Either Ashley. Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: My sin. I mean, that's going to be the um, kind of the Sunday school answer. My selfishness. Uh, I prefer Jesus used his authority. Um, to wash his disciples' feet, which was picturing what he was about to do and serving his disciples and loving them to the end. Um, he, he, he came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Um, I naturally, and the world, like Ashley was speaking to, and the worldly, um, the way the world informs authority, of using authority for my own gain, but also my flesh. My flesh tells me that the more the more res, you know, responsibility or authority that I have, that therefore I am, I am higher on the totem pole of of even you know we can be tempted to think, you know many men for for for, for the history of humanity. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean this is the, this is where patriarchy comes from, right? Using the authority that God has given them for own selfish and sometimes even abusive um, ways. Uh, other, you know, um, also as a man, uh, as a husband, I am not a woman, so I don't full, I don't understand, uh, what it's like fully. I don't understand what it means to be a woman and particularly, uh, the, the, the intimate ways that the Lord has wired, uh, my wife. Um, so, so often Ashley's going to feel more understood f- by a, a fellow sister in Christ, by a friend, by a family member who is, uh, who's female. Um, you know, so, I think also uh, another challenge is it it's it takes hard work, it takes uh patience, it takes taking the long view. I think I hope I th- I would I think Ashley would say that I understand her better today, 14 years than I did at the beginning. Uh, yes, but yes, I it,
2: affirm that. <laughs> that. Oh. It
0: comes through <laughs> Best love. through recognizing my my sin and also just the the lack of understanding, and her gently pointing that out, or me realizing that under conviction of the Holy Spirit, ways that I have not understood her in ways that Christ has called me to. Um, Of course, you know, Ashley would be the first to say, too, another thing that makes um, understanding her difficult is just like, I'm a sinner, she's a sinner, too. So, you know, what, what happens when you put two sinners together, you know? There's going to be a lack of understanding. A lot of sin. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Even more (laughs) sin. (laughs) Even more sin. Yeah.
1: Um, So any practical encouragements for both Dan and Ashley, what practical encouragements would you give to married men to love their wives well, to understand them well?
2: I think to go along in some ways with what Dan was saying, one enemy, I think of understanding your wife is busyness. I think, and, and essentially what that comes down to is not, uh, loving her in a way that makes her a priority compared to other things. So, you know, it's easy to, you know, get involved with a bunch of good things, but then you're not taking time to cultivate an understanding of your wife and care for your wife. And the same goes with wives, too, when it comes to submitting, to learning their husbands, to loving their husbands. I think that is a, a barrier or a challenge to that.
1: It's, it's kind of like what Michael said in his sermon about, uh, you know, you're flourishing in your work, but maybe not in the home. Right. And so, you know, maybe re-prior- reprioritizing that. Uh, Dan, any other practical encouragements you would have for married men? I'm sorry, I forgot the question. Uh, if, in terms of uh, encouragements to pr- uh, practical ways that you would encourage married men to love their wives and to understand them well?
0: Uh, yeah. Um, one of the ways that I find myself um, encouraging men and myself as well, like speaking to myself is um, like, like I said earlier, like this is our main thing in life, <laughs> like more important than what we do for our vocation. Cause I think often men can orient themselves more around their work, like the workplace. Um, as you mentioned, kind of those three arenas from the Genesis two sermon, Michael preached, um, men can orient themselves just around their own hobbies and desires. They can go on autopilot, become passive, Lazy or think, okay, I'm basically being a pretty good husband, so I stop working at it. Um, I would I would encourage uh, brothers, husbands in the church. Um, here is here is a way to make gospel progress by uh, thinking about over this next year of marriage, or even just this next day. Thinking intentionally, how can I pray for my wife? Mm. What are ways that she feels understood and loved? What how does the how does the gospel inform that? So just seeing the, I think ultimately what I'm trying to say is the high calling, and uh, the the mission. Um, m- one of the most important missions that God has given us as husbands is to to care for our wives. Um, it's key to our witness. It's uh, it's key to uh, our children understanding and seeing the gospel lived out. If if the Lord blesses you with children, um, so that would be one, one and a half, maybe, <laughs> uh, encouragements that I would give.
1: Yeah. Uh, any last thoughts on this topic of submission and headship, Ashley, Dan?
2: Well, one thing I didn't know if we were going to talk more about practical things, but one thing for us just practically is Dan has always led us in, uh, spending time together, even from the time our children were very young. He, um, Ashley, can
1: I double click on that? So like, does that mean like Dan's busting out the spreadsheet and he's like, putting slots in or like, can you elaborate a little bit more on what that
2: means? Yeah. um, Yeah. Just one of the ways, I mean, I think for every couple, it can be different, but one of the ways that Dan uh, made me feel like our marriage was a priority was that even after we had our son 12 years ago, pretty early on, he made it important that we would have a date night, that we would have a babysitter come and spend time with our son so that we could get time together, just the two of us to talk and to connect. Um, So what are you guys
1: talking about in date night? This is, like, my premarital (laughs) session right now, so, like, give me the the helps here.
2: Well, I mean, I think, you know, especially as, Lord willing, as kids come along, it can be time even just to get time talking about anything together Mm. so just Mm -hmm. I think part of it is just reminding ourselves of how much we enjoy just spending time together having fun together exercising together Um, but then also um, Dan usually uh, asks a few intentional questions uh, when we when we're going out asking about how I'm doing spiritually asking about how um, he can continue to help serve our family better um asking yeah just uh one thing that we've used off and on a little bit has been um dpac reju wrote a do-it-yourself marriage retreat that you can find online or you know ask dan if you want to see a copy put that
0: in the notes yeah
2: Oh yeah. And, and uh, and sometimes like he would just either here, I would look at just a couple of questions from that. And when we would go out, just try to ask each other that, um, getting time to pray together, reading the word together regularly is something that he let us in often before bedtime, uh, when it would be just the two of us. Uh, so I think, him showing me the priority of our marriage has also helped me to follow in, in making that priority when um, at sometimes my heart was, as Dan talked about, hearts being more oriented toward work for the men. Sometimes my heart could be more oriented toward my kids mm-hmm. than to Dan because mm-hmm. they just are needier. Um, they require so much more of my time and focus, especially during the day. Um, so it was a helpful reminder to me to follow in that path. And I think that bore really good fruit.
1: Yeah, for us, that's good. That's good, Dan. Anything in terms of just this topic of submission, headship? Yeah, I mean, um,
0: I think one of the ways that are are uh, I've seen God at work in our marriage is Ashley's intentional like love and encouragement of of me. I think um, at least I often struggle with a, a fragile ego, um, insecurity. Um, even in pastoral ministry, uh, maybe there I, I found myself more opportunities to fear man, and I think like early on, I really wanted Ashley to really like my sermons or feel like I was a good pastor, but then also just like a good husband and a good dad. And, uh, But typically, it, she makes your sermons better, right? She does, yeah. That's, that's really helpful. Um, often early on, especially, the, the parts of my sermon, like application, that people would like the most are like, hey, I really like that example in your sermon. I'd always be like, well, yeah, that was, that was Ashley. She, she helped me think <laughs> through that. Um, but, I mean, she, I think Ashley, the Lord gave her a lot of wisdom in what it looks like to encourage, affirm, affirm. Um, me and in my gifts, but also not, uh, flatter me, yeah. um, in order just so that I felt like, uh, more necessarily secure, but pointing me to, uh, finding my, my value, my identity fundamentally in, in Christ. Um, so I, I think, you know, I think generally speaking, I think for whatever reason, I feel like men often have the fragile, more fragile ego, which it's interesting that the Lord calls, Wives in particular to respect their mm-hmm. husbands, um, so I think there's something to that. Mm-hmm. I, I think, uh, but that's a way that Ashley has particularly blessed me and been patient with me in my sin, mm. is uh, understanding that about me. But then I think she's been depending on the Lord of what what does it look like to encourage my husband who may struggle with fear of man or these different things in,
1: in different ways. So yeah, yeah, that's helpful. Well, there's more we could talk about this uh, topic, but uh, I think that's it for this session here and I'm encouraged that, uh, we're still, uh, catching foxes. You guys are still catching foxes here 14 <laughs> years later. So this gives me great hope.
0: Yeah. That's a reference to John Henderson's book. If you, uh, want a good checkup for your marriage or you're thinking about marriage, John Henderson, catching foxes. It's a, uh, a song of songs reference.
2: And can I also put a plug in for um, on the Hinson website under Women's Ministry, uh, there's a talk there by Dr. Todd Miles. uh, If you want to think a little bit more about these things, about the biblical theology of headship and submission, a little bit of manhood and womanhood, obviously Michael's sermon series. And then I also did a talk on practical complementarianism that you referenced earlier, PK, Mm -hmm. and that is available upon request. Um, You can uh, email Mary Alice, I believe, uh, to get a link to that talk
0: yeah helpful can men request that because yes I, I, so i'm going to request it because i still haven't heard it
2: yeah
1: well that's great i think <laughs> well, I, I should request it as well but yeah a lot of good resources and, and i think uh you know we have a, a plethora of uh, members at our church that are just godly examples of what we're talking about here in ephesians 5 1 peter 3 so there are exactly. plenty of people that we can Amen. look to and good work mm-hmm. plethora Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, just working on it. PK, thanks for hosting us. You know, it's great to be back. And uh, yeah.
2: Thank well, you, PK. Th- thank you
1: so much, uh, Dan and Ashley. I'm out. Peace.